been good to be in your house today. Father, we thank you, we love you, we praise you. In your son's name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to give you a brief Father's Day excerpt today before we dive into the heart of this morning's message. And the excerpt connects us to Jeff Foxworthy. Jeff Foxworthy was very um, popular on the on the scene of American society for some time. Most recently, maybe you had the chance to watch that show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Um, that was one of his most recent things. But most of us probably, when we hear the name Jeff Foxworthy, we immediately relate it and connect it to a comedy bit that he did called You Know You're a Redneck If. And um, these statements are fun, and um, we've enjoyed those. But this morning, I want to offer just a little bit titled, You Know You're a Dad If, and here's how it goes. You know you're a dad if you've eaten applesauce, raisins, and string cheese for dinner, right? Another one, you know you're a dad if you've used a diaper to buff your car. Uh, you know you're a dad if you find more goldfish crackers than change when you pull out the couch cushions. Uh, you know you're a dad if you've ever been late to work because you dropped your kid off at school um, without their lunch and had to go all the way back home to get it before you could continue on with your day. Then change when you pull out the couch cushion. All right, there you go. Um, was that the Lord speaking? All right, and 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 then the last one. You called. You know you're a dad if you called your father to apologize for some bad childhood behavior. Because your kid is now subjecting you to the exact same thing, and he laughs at you for a solid five minutes straight. Um, let me ask this. If you're proud to be a dad, say amen. Amen. Praise be to God for that. Now, this morning, we are going to be continuing on with our ongoing sermon series. We've been in this now for a couple of months, actually, embracing the big names of the Old Testament, talking about the big events of the Old Testament. And so far in this series, um, it's really been a blessing. We've been able to deal with Moses and Samson and David, Elijah, Elisha, Jacob. And as you now know, we are finding ourselves talking at length about Joseph. Uh, we've learned that 25% of the entire book of Genesis was devoted to Joseph's life. And so we've called this little mini-series within the broader context of our Old Testament study, Joseph's Road, because we are walking with Joseph down this long road that ultimately led to his success. And in this series, we have been reminded what success is not and what success is. And I think we need to hear this because... Our world kind of tries to define success for us, but success biblically is finding and following God's will for your life. And so if that is the biblical definition for us, we need to ask ourselves, am I successful? Am I successfully finding what God's will for me is? Am I successfully following what God's will is? And so I hope that's a question that we're asking. Now, in the two mess in the previous two messages, we've talked about various things on Joseph's road. We've talked about speed bumps on Joseph's road. We've talked about potholes or sinkholes on Joseph's robe. And so today, I want us to address really a, a very pertinent topic for us. It's how to avoid temptation. And I want to link all of this to a popular feature that we see on the road, and that's the stop sign. 
Now, I think it goes without saying that we all understand the stop sign of all the signs on the road today, whether it be a yield sign or children at play or a school zone or a speed limit sign. The most popular of all of those signs, the one we probably see and know the most, is the stop sign. So tell me clearly, say it out loud, what does a stop sign mean? It means to stop, right? However, when I was a teenager, um, I kind of misunderstood this. I, I, I think I believed that stop stood for screech tires on pavement, right? Anybody else make that misunderstanding as a teenage boy? Um, you know, it was easier to do back then. After all, gas was about $1.15 a gallon. Let's stop and let that soak in for just a moment and breathe deep, right, in today's prices. Also, I didn't have to put new tires on my own car. But now that gas is what it is, and now that those tires are what they are, stop signs mean totally something different for me, and I've learned that it's dangerous to run stop signs. Now, folks, there, there are stop signs all over Corsicana. Uh, when I drive to work every day, I mean, it's just four-way stop after four-way stop after four-way stop. We have a lot of stop signs in here. Our, our community has invested heavily in the stop sign. But, you know, in life, God puts up stop signs. In life, God places stop signs for us every day. Whenever we face the temptation to sin, God puts up stop signs, and this morning... I want to talk about paying attention to the stop signs that God gives to us. Let's take our Bibles today as we embark into this lesson, Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 12. This is the very notorious moment in Joseph's long road where he's tempted by Potiphar's wife. Let's stand together as we honor the reading of God's Word today. We'll be reading the first 12 verses only in chapter 39. I'll be reading, as always, from the New International Version. Here's the way it reads. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. And now we kind of change the, the narrative. Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome, and after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me, but he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he is entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. 
How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. And one day he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand, and he ran out of the house. Uh, We can understand as we hear this passage today that the lesson that God has for us, it's intense, it's important, it's a heavy topic today. So I pray that we'll have ears to hear and hearts to respond. May God speak to us today and all God's people said to that. Amen. Be seated, church. Now, here's what I want us to see. It it is a heavy topic, but this is the exciting part for me. Folks, we have just read about a victorious, great victory in Scripture. This is a great victory. It may not go down in the annals of warfare as some type of great victory, but I guarantee you in the spiritual annals of history, this was a great moment. Joseph stared to uh, temptation in the face and he resisted and so i think when we see it that way we're going to need to to take out of this three observations about temptation and here's the first one everybody faces temptation no surprise right do you face temptation Everybody has, you, me, every character on the page of our Bible, Jesus Christ himself. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. But now let me make it pertinent and timely for us and personal. How many of you faced temptation to sin this week? Let me see your hands if you faced temptation to sin even this week. You see, on any given week, right, we could ask the question... And I believe the answer would be yes for us every single week. I'm not sure if it wouldn't be true daily or hour by hour sometimes in our lives. And we don't have to feel embarrassed about being tempted because we're all tempted. It's not a sin to be tempted. The sin occurs if you give in to the temptation. Now, here's why I'm talking about this. Over the past 30 years in ministry... I've had many people come to me who were struggling simply because they didn't understand the difference between temptation and sin. They felt guilty because they faced temptation. But folks, temptation is just the mental suggestion to sin. It's that voice of the old nature talking in your ear. It's the voice of the adversary, Satan, trying to move you to do something. It's the thought of the possibility of disobeying God. And maybe it's easier to talk about it this way. And I think it was uh, the great Billy Graham who said this. He said, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. That's the difference between temptation and sin. He went on to say, you can't keep the bees from buzzing around you, but you can keep them from building a hive in your ear. And that's the difference in the two. Everybody faces temptation. And here's the deal. Even Jesus. Even Jesus Christ. The author of Hebrews clarifies what we know from the Gospels. He said, For we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he was without sin. Of all the things to me 
that make Jesus divine. It's the fact that he could face the things I know I've faced and he never sinned against God. Isn't that a marvel to you? It's a marvel to me. Jesus faced everything we have ever faced or will ever face, and yet he was sinless. The first thing from this passage, everyone faces temptation. The second observation I think we should make is that temptation can be resisted. It can and should be resisted. Now, who's our hero in the story today? Joseph. He faced a powerful temptation. It's something I think many of us can relate to. Mrs. Potiphar, let's call her that because we don't really know her name. Mrs. Potiphar wasn't coy about what she wanted. It would have been easy for young Joseph to say yes, but he didn't. And that leads me to point out the three most powerful words in the entire passage are found right there in verse 8. What's it say? But he refused. What did Joseph have control over? Well, he had no control over Mrs. Potiphar's behavior. But he did have control over his own decision. And his refusal is a lesson to us. It teaches us that there's a big difference between facing temptation and falling into temptation. Remember when Christ was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying, he gave some instructions to his disciples to teach us there is something we can do so we won't fall into temptation. And here's what he said in Mark chapter 14, verse 38. Watch and pray so that you won't fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but what? The flesh or the body is weak. We need to be on our guard. We need to pray. Because temptation can arise at any moment. The second observation, temptation can and should be avoided. Let me give you the third observation. God always provides a way to escape from temptation. Somebody got to say amen to that. God always provides a way. And to explain this, let's just talk for a moment about hurricanes. Now, I grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. We didn't know anything about hurricanes in Monahans, Texas. Growing up in the panhandle, you don't know anything about hurricanes. Growing up in Corsicana, Texas, let's be honest, we don't know anything about hurricanes in Navarro County. But before I came to Navarro County, I was in Jackson County. And the lower portion of Jackson County actually butted up against the Texas coast, the Gulf Coast. And as a result, guess what? Hurricanes, I discovered, were somewhat a part of life there. And while we were in Jackson County, we had to board up our house with hurricane boards twice. I didn't know anything about that. It was almost surreal to me. We had to evacuate the county. And along the highways of Jackson County, you could see road signs there that said hurricane evacuation route. Now, those signs, we know this, they marked the route so that people, they could follow that route to escape the storm. And here's the point I want to make. Just as there are evacuation routes to escape a hurricane, God does the same thing with temptation and falling into sin. Whenever we face a temptation, God provides an escape route. And the most powerful promise, or one of the most powerful promises in the Bible about this topic is found in 1 Corinthians 10.13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to every man. But God is faithful, the Apostle Paul writes. 
He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. There's somebody today who needs to be reminded of that verse because you are being barraged with temptation and you think you almost don't have a choice. But God always provides a way out. The Bible says every temptation you face has already been faced by others. We can never say a temptation, well, it's, it's too great for me. No, Scripture says God is faithful. He's not going to let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. God always provides an escape route for us. In other words, when you're tempted to sin, look around. God has already posted the evacuation signs. So today, let's lay out some escape routes. What does the Bible say are our escape routes to sin? The the first temptation escape route is this one. We see this practice in Jesus' life, quote, Scripture. You say, Pastor, am I going to face temptation this week? Probably. What should we do? First, quote, Scripture in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. We read the accounts of how Jesus was tempted by Satan after spending those 40 days um, out in the wilderness. And here's kind of how it went. Jesus was hungry, so Satan tempted him, suggesting he turn stones into bread. What did Jesus say? Deuteronomy 8.3 is what he quoted. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. Resisted that temptation with Scripture. Satan comes at him again. He shows Jesus all the riches of the world, promises him he can have all of it if he would just bow down and worship him. What does Christ do? He quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 3, Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. So he refutes it again. How? With Scripture. Once again, Satan should suggest a huge publicity stunt, jumping off the pinnacle of the temple, and Christ quotes Deuteronomy 6, 16, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. So in every case, Jesus shows us the way by quoting Scripture. He wanted to demonstrate for us how to resist temptation. I think it's one of the most noble, powerful, obvious lessons for us in Scripture. This is what Jesus did. So we can't snap our fingers and send Satan fleeing. But we can do what Christ did. We can go to God's Word and quote it. How can we quote it? If we've hidden it in our hearts. I have hidden your word in my heart so that I may not sin against thee, O God. So when we come back to simple Sunday school, vacation Bible school answers, it's because that's the heart of this. Memorize Scripture. At the wedding last night, I watched and as my children were dancing and they were having fun and all these things and And I watched as the songs played. They were singing every word to every song. Every word. I couldn't even understand what they were even saying. But they knew every word. So when we we say, well, I can't memorize stuff. Yeah, we can memorize a lot of stuff if it's the stuff that we want to memorize, right? So, So temptation, escape route number one. Quote scripture, memorize scripture. Let's, let's talk about the second one. Escape route number two. Run away and stay away from tempting people and places. 
It reminds me of, of the story, little Johnny wanted a cookie. But his mother said, absolutely not, it's too close to dinner. Those cookies are for dessert. And a few minutes later, Johnny's mom hears him in the kitchen. Johnny, are you in the kitchen? Yes, ma'am. What are you doing in the kitchen? He says, Mom, I'm fighting temptation. Was that the best place to fight temptation? Obviously not. He he needed to get out of there. One of the best escape routes from sin is to simply run away from it. And, And Joseph couldn't quote scripture because the Old Testament hadn't even been written yet, we understand. So he took another escape route. He, he refused her. He kept refusing her. And then finally, she cornered him, grabbed his shirt. He did the right thing. He just ran away. This morning, I, I hate to do this, but I, I want to make my point by quoting the old country comedy TV show, Hee Haw. All right? Anybody used to be a fan of Hee Haw? Are they even going to know what Hee Haw is in the second service? I doubt it. And I remember it only because my grandparents, you know, they would have it on and I'd watch it with them a little bit. But in one of the short skits, the doc is examining the patient with a broken arm. And the patient says, Doc, I broke my arm in two places. And the doc says, well, stay out of those places. Right? It may it may not be all that great, but it has truth. It has truth. If you're a child of God who's trying to live a pure life, there are some places you need to avoid. Don't go there. Don't be there. Don't be with those people. They're not good for you. They're not helpful for you. Escape route number one, quote scripture. Escape route number two, run away and stay away from tempting people, tempting places. Uh, The third escape route. Consider the high cost of sin. You see, Joseph didn't give in to sexual temptation because he knew God was watching him. And he knew there'd be a price to pay. And I think any of us, before we give in to temptation, we've got to ask three questions, at least. The first one is, how much is this going to cost? The second one How much is this going to cost me? And last, how much is this going to cost those around me? For years, I heard this line. I've been been saying it to, to myself, to others. And here it is. Sin will take you farther than you ever wanted to go. Sin will keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay. Sin will cost you more than you ever really wanted to pay. And when we think about the high price of sin, how can we not think of David? We haven't embraced David yet in our Old Testament study. But we know that that he had sexual sin with Bathsheba. That led to the murder of her husband. If you study the next few years of David's life, it was a sad story of family rape and violence and murder and just a gosh-awful mess. And that's because one act of sin is like a pebble dropped into a pond. It sends out ripples that touch everyone and thing around us. But it's worse than pebbles and ripples, isn't it? 
You should think of the consequences of sin like a huge tsunami that that wrecks and destroys lives. A a huge stop sign to sin would make you ask yourself, how much is this going to cost? How much is it going to cost me? But most importantly, let's ask this, how much will this cost Jesus? And I've oftentimes thought of the, one of the greatest verses for us to remember when we're tempted is John eleven thirty five. Simply, Jesus wept. When we're tempted, we should envision Jesus weeping over our sin. So this morning, it's a serious message. Because there are stop signs to warn us of danger. God places those in our lives. And in this story, we can easily see these truths. Everybody faces temptation. Temptation can be resisted. God always provides a way out to escape it. But perhaps more importantly, these escape routes 